This is Shayla Adams-Stafford, and you're listening to Project-Based Learning in Practice. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of PBL in Practice, a weekly broadcast where we talk with top leaders in project-based learning to discover best practices, share successes and failures, and learn from each other. My name is Shayla Adams-Stafford, and I've been an educator for the past 10 years, focusing specifically on PBL. I had the amazing opportunity to speak at the White House in 2015 to share how PBL looks in my classroom before a room of national leaders. I'm a member of the national faculty of Buck Institute and founder of Remix Education, a nonprofit that serves first-generation college-bound students. Enough about me, let's get into our guests. This week's podcast is brought to you by the Buck Institute for Education, who believes that all students, no matter where they live or what their background, should have access to quality project-based learning to deepen their learning and achieve success in college, career, and life. As a teacher and coach, I can honestly say they have some awesome resources available on their website. Everything from books to project planning guides to project calendars, rubrics, assessment maps, you name it. They offer services that can really help your staff or district implement high quality PBL, including training, coaching, and my favorite, Project Spices, where educators get the experience of going through a PBL project as if they were students. Check out all they have to offer on their site, www.bie.org. Again, that's www.bie.org. Our guest for this week is Peter Wigzorek. Peter is the director of the Northwest Passage High School in Coon Rapids, Minnesota. Peter has been at Northwest Passage for the past 15 years. He started out as a biology teacher and advisor. In addition to his role as teacher slash advisor, he has also been the school board chair, expedition coordinator, and bus driver. In 2012, Peter took over as director with one caveat, that he be allowed to continue to teach seminars and lead expeditions. Hi. Good. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. So we just heard a little bit about your background, but what else should our listeners know about you? Well, I'm uh, a real passionate uh, about school change. Um, And I think that really comes from uh, my own personal experience. I think a lot of people who go into teaching uh, go into teaching because they like school and they wanted to share that enjoyment f- with students. Um, I think sometimes I feel like I had kind of the opposite of that. I really did not like school, especially high school. Um, I went to a, a really large uh, urban high school and never felt connected uh, in, a, in a whole lot of ways. And so um, when I had the opportunity to help start a school, I wanted to create one that students wanted to come to rather than, you know, wanting to get out of your four-year sentence and be done as quickly as you could. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. Anything else our listeners should know? Um, I'm a bit of a a Star Wars geek uh, who has (laughs) quite the amazing uh, Yoda collection that uh, has been uh, procured over the years uh, from students uh, for all kinds of uh, things after they graduate or <laughs> around the holidays. Um, I was never really a huge collector, but uh-huh. they all knew that I really liked Star Wars. And so all of a sudden, you know, this this uh, uh, 
action figures and Pez dispensers and stuffed animals and all kinds of stuff just started growing <laughs> to the point where one corner of my office right now is just overtaken by all of it. And it's, it's wonderful. It, always, it makes me think of all of those students from the past. <laughs> That's sweet. I just saw something online that said, um, you know, this person was saying that they're, they'll never go see a Star Wars movie because the reaction from people that have seen Star Wars to the fact that they've never seen it is better than watching any movie. <laughs> so I, I do have a couple of staff members who occasionally remind me they've never seen one. And, and I think it's exactly for that reason to get my reaction. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so let's talk about what brought you to Project Based Learning. Okay. Um, you know, I don't think it's one specific thing, but I think it has a lot to do with my background experience. Uh, I spent 15 years of my professional career pr prior to becoming a teacher um, as an experiential educator and youth youth development worker. Um, I uh, worked as an environmental education instructor, youth worker, ropes course instructor, and a camp director. And all of those experiences really shape the way I look at education. Um, that's often different than sort of your traditional teacher ed prep programs. Um, mm -hmm. and, and a lot of that work was around building relationships with young people um, and examining the transformative power of experiences. Um, and I yeah. think that really um, laid the groundwork for the work that we do in project-based learning now. Um, and so when I when I decided uh, to get my my teaching license, um, I went out to Goddard College in Vermont and uh, they didn't necessarily market themselves as a PBL school, but so much of what they did was aligned with the concepts of, of project based learning. So mm -hmm. as, a, as a student, you designed your own learning plans. Um, you had an advisor who was assigned with to you through the whole time you were there. You had a small advisory group that you uh, worked with and shared ideas with. Uh, we were given a lot of autonomy on how we put together our final portfolio. Um, and we were really allowed to pursue education and, uh, and our learning in ways that worked best for us. And so mm -hmm. that really helped when I had the opportunity uh, to start working at Northwest Passage and to help uh, create the model that we have. All of those things kind of made that transition really easy for me and I didn't have maybe some of the baggage or the the more traditional kind of teacher ed uh, lessons um, and curriculum and all of that that um, I had to sort of relearn uh, like sometimes right. we have uh, new new teachers coming in who you know really like the idea of what we do but they haven't had that experience in their teacher prep program and so we're doing a lot of that on the ground training with them and for myself, it wasn't quite like that. Yeah, I, I really love that idea of students having an advisor and then planning out their own learning experience. I think that gives a great deal of student buy-in. That, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say is your PBL superpower? <laughs> um, <laughs> I... I was thinking about this one uh, a bit uh, the other day and kind of how do you 
Um, how do you help students? And, and for us, when we're working with high school students who most often have not had a project-based experience leading right. up to it, and they, they sort of have to unlearn the old model and, and look at the new model. And I think what I do really well is I, I can help students really blow up the ideas or concepts that they have and um, create them into a deeper, more integrated project. Um, and in, in our model, students have a lot of autonomy. Um, it's, it's a more student-centered, student-directed, project-based model. Um, and uh, one of the things I love to do is to sit down with students, and if they have an idea of a con or a concept of what they want to do, something that they're interested in, and really take that small idea and just make it explode into something that's cross-curricular, that is bigger than uh, a PowerPoint presentation or right. uh, something like that and really dig into uh, those sort of project ideas and take them out of that sort of content siloed um, sort of standard learning model and look at how do we integrate uh, the sciences with math. And, you know, we, we do this interesting thing in a lot of traditional high schools where we have uh, all of the siloed learning, you have a math class and the math wing is in one section of the school. And then the other wing is the, the science wing and never shall those two cross. Where else <laughs> but in high school does that happen? You know, in the real world, right. science and math go hand in hand at all times. And, uh, yeah. you know, don't get me started on where the arts and, and English and history and, and, and the humanities fit into, you know, the sciences. And we just don't do that. And so there's this disconnect often with students when they're looking at their education. And in project-based learning, I think what's great about it is, is you can come at it from a concept or an idea and then start to spread out into all these other facets. And, and maybe it even becomes a bigger project or several smaller projects all around the same idea. Right. No, and I love your sort of real world uh, conceptualization of what high school is, you know, it's, it's really not realistic in what yeah. the real world is like is you are using science and math at the same time. You are integrating, you know, some, some form of creativity, whether, you know, you're you know, incorporating some artistic um, style within a presentation. Yeah, there, there's definitely so much cross collaboration in the real world and that needs to come through in, in our, our K through 12 schooling for sure. Thanks right. for making that point. Yeah. So today is a Tech Tuesday, so I'd love for you to tell us a bit more about the tech tool you all are using, um, and then we'll dive into kind of why you're using it and, and why is it great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, there's there's so many technologies available to students right now, um, and one of the things that as a, as a staff uh, that we started to look at is... If, can we ever keep up with all of the new software and the new programs and the new things going on as teachers and instructors? And, you know, we're better off letting students really lead where that kind of uh, technology is going and depending on the project that they're doing or, or what they want to get out of it and then supporting them with that. And so we sort of backed away from this trying to always stay ahead of that. And what right. we what we're focusing on at more of a staff level right now 
technology to manage project-based learning. And yeah. so we used uh, a, a student and uh, teacher management platform called Headrush. Um, and it really has been the key in, in maximizing project-based learning for both students and staff. Yeah, that actually ties into a, a question I had as you were kind of explaining your school model was how do you manage um, all of these projects if students are so right. autonomous and, you know, they're really creating these really great interdisciplinary projects. How are you managed, managing it? So just tell us why are you why are you using this and what is so awesome about it? Yeah, uh, Headrush allows an advisor um, and for us, the advisory is about 15 students, ninth or 12th grade. And so you have this group of 15 students who could have three, four, five projects going at a time. And, you know, if you do the math and you think about how do you organize and do that, it's very different than even if you had a class of 30, but you're giving the same instruction to most every student in there, you know, with differentiation and things, but everyone's kind of getting the same thing. And when students turn the work in, you're grading the same kind of thing. Thing. But in our project-based learning model, every student is really creating their own personal learning plan. They're creating their own projects. And so what Headrush does for us is it allows students to plan out their projects, to organize them, to put in the research that they're going to use, um, to have daily reminders of what they need to turn in or what they should be working on at that time, upload results, monitor learning targets that they're earning, track their progress. And so they can keep on top of it also. Wow. But then at, on the, the teacher side of it, um, as an instructor uh, advisor, I can pull up an individual student's uh, portfolio of work and I can see all the modules that they're working on, um, you know, whether they're an approved module that I as their advisor or another content specialist approved. Um, and then we can monitor that, but it's not a like an online disconnected kind of thing because we're both on there live and we can be sitting right next to each other going through results and things, but, uh, but also students can have that autonomous piece of it where a lot of our students do a lot of work at home and never consider it homework. And so they can log on to Headrush. They can, they can upload their results. They can log their time. They can put um, any of the, the tracking kind of things. They can uh, put their portfolio together. And so that, for us has really been the kind of thing that's helped us manage something that, you know, would be very difficult to do. And, and sometimes yeah. when I'm working with other teachers who are just getting their, you know, kind of dipping their toes into project-based learning, one of the things I always talk to them about is you have to have some sort of a management tool. Uh, otherwise you'll go nuts. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this seems like a really unique tool. And, and my question for you is, uh, how long is the advisory period and are the students kind of doing this uh, in a self-paced way or are they doing this in, you know, 90 minute block periods? Right. How do you structure your school day to best use this tech tool? Yeah. So for us, we really only have a couple of have tos during the day. And so students start their, their morning in their advisory um, and we do 45 minutes of reading across the board. Everyone in the school reads um, nice. and, and yeah. And uh, you know, that's uh, it's a nice way to sort of um, 
settle into your day, um, but it accomplishes a lot of goals around um, reading goals and uh, reading improvement. And uh, not that I'm a, a huge stickler or advocate for the standardized testing kind of thing, but what we found is simply by providing students 45 minutes of independent reading, reading scores go up. You know, the more you read, the better you become at reading. Go figure. <laughs> so, that, so after, after reading, then we have, um, in, it, uh, in the, this would be in the advisory group, we do some sort of an advisory check-in. Um, and check-ins are really important parts of the day to start out. Um, and it might be as simple as, how are you doing today? What do you need to, or what are you working on? Do we need to check in personally at some point during the day? Uh, and as advisor, it's a quick whip gauge around the room to be like, all right, I need to check in with this student immediately. This one's doing well on his own. I need to um, do a review on a project, that kind of thing. Um, and it, or it might be, you know, every Wednesday we do community building where uh, advisory groups are doing some sort of a team building activity. They're doing a service learning project. Uh, mm -hmm. When I was a full-time advisor, my advisory always did a lot of things around food. Uh, we always had a <laughs> monthly breakfast together. You know, nothing brings people better together than food. Uh, and so <laughs> building that community, that, that relationship within the group. Um, and like I said, it's multi-age, ninth through 12th grade. So um, we really look at the power of mentors with older students um, and look at modeling for our younger students on what's going on. Um, and then the rest of the morning all through lunch is either students doing independent project work or we offer a number of different workshops and seminars that students have choice to sign up for. Um, it looks a little bit more like a college um, kind of atmosphere where maybe Tuesday and Thursday from 10 to 11 o'clock, um, you're in a, uh, a math seminar because you need some more directed instruction and you're struggling with an area of it. And so between your advisor and the student, you make the decision that that's going to be something that you're going to go to um, every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, but it also might mean that on another day or two of the week, there's a, a workshop available that you get to choose that you want to be a part of. And it's um, often more staff directed, but it's around themes and ideas that the, the staff member wants to do. So one example, um, I, um, when I was a full-time advisor, um, I, I'm a biology teacher by license. And so when I took over as director, I said, I really want to stay connected with students and do some, um, some seminars and some workshops still. And so I still run a wildlife management uh, workshop during the winter months. And we meet once a week um, as a as a group, and we do a lot of field experiences, getting out of the building, um, working with partner groups, um, and exposing students to uh, real career relevant kind of things, working with researchers and biologists. And then one other hour a week, we meet as a cohort group to talk about project ideas and project work. And then the rest of the time, students are independently working. And so we have this sort of back and forth fluid students kind of uh, vote with their feet in a lot of ways if you're interested in doing a lot of more teacher directed workshops you have that option if you like to work more independently um, or small groups doing your own thing you have that option um, and what it really has done for us 
is it takes away from the have tos of I, yeah. I got to sign in this class. I really don't want to be here. Um, and I'm either going to, you know, disengage, disconnect, or I'm not going to show up or maybe be disruptive. We don't really have a lot of that because students have the, the power to say, this is what I'm interested. In. I want to do this. And if that didn't work, there's a lot of other ways to get the same credits, um, whether that's independent or some other workshop. Um, and so giving that choice is really important. Wow, that, that's awesome. And it seems like it's having a really big impact on students because they're developing that agency, right? To say, Absolutely. this is what I want to do, this is what I'm interested in. And in terms of teachers, uh, I guess, how would you suggest that practi practitioners get the most out of this tool? You know, I, I think you have, to, you have to kind of test drive it and you have to use it for in its full effect. Um, and what I mean by that is um, it is designed as a, as a project-based learning management tool. Um, I don't think it's as effective if you think you're just going to do, um, you know, maybe an hour a day kind of a thing. Um, yeah. There's other ways that you probably do that. Um, Headrush is really designed for that fully immersive project-based learning where students are taking that that control, that ownership, having that agency over um, what they're doing and being able to see that. And, you know, when you ask one of our students, uh, what are you working on? They can pull up Headrush and they can show you all the modules that they're working on, the projects that they have, the uploaded results. Um, and I think that's where it's best. And so maybe seeing some, another school, you know, having it in fully in use, talking with students, talking with, with teachers um, is really the way to go about it. Nice. That's awesome. I, I want to see this in action. So <laughs> I might have to come to have you. <laughs> wow. So thanks so much, Peter, for just sharing with us today. And, and I hope that our listeners will go out and check out Headrush. Um, it sounds like a really awesome tool. How can folks keep up with you? Uh, Twitter's probably best. Uh, I'm fairly active on there. Uh, my Twitter uh, name is at Peter underscore NWP. Okay. So if you guys want to keep up with Peter, check him out on Twitter. This has been a really great interview, and I'm going to go check out Headrush right after this. <laughs> Excellent. So, so thanks so much and uh, good luck to you and your students and have a great rest of the year. You too. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye. Right. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of PBL in practice. Take a moment right now and click that subscribe button. And if you want to hear past podcasts, please go to www.shaylastafford.com. Have an awesome week.